Thanks so much for joining us today on Leesburg Community Church's podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, including directions and service times, please visit leesburgcc.org. On our website, you can also find notes and daily devotionals based on this teaching. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you liked today's message. We're going to continue in our study in Ephesians, and we're in chapter 5, and we're uh... We're going to be in verse 8, and verse 8 picks up from where we left off, where uh, Paul pulls aside from everything he's been talking about, and he kind of says, hey, everybody, the way that we're going to live out this amazing faith that you now have, the way we're going to live out this life that you've been called to, the way in which we are going to live as sons and daughters of the living God is that we are going to be imitators of Christ. We're going to be imitators of Christ. We're going to be dearly loved children. And that life is going to be a fragrant offering, meaning we're going to sacrifice unto the Lord. And it is going to be a sweet smell, not only to Him. So sacrifice of this life unto Him is a sweet smell. Sacrifice unto the Lord and saying, Lord, take my life, do what you would do, is a sweet smell. I just got to ask you something. When something's pleasing to you, don't you get pretty excited about it? When something's pleasing to you, don't you want to use it and do it and take it all in and, and enjoy it? That's our Lord. Sacrifice to Him is pleasing. Sacrifice to him is what he desires to use. Sacrifice to him is how we will be dead smack in the middle of his will. What's that going to look like? It's going to look like us imitating Jesus. What Jesus did, we do. The way Jesus loved, we love. The way Jesus acted, we act. The way Jesus worshiped, we worship. The way Jesus humbled himself, we are humbled. The way Jesus submitted, we submit. His goodness. His righteousness and his truth is the way we live our lives out. So we pick up. After he talked about sexual immorality and impurity, after he talked about our thoughts, after he talked about all the things that shouldn't have anything to do with us, what we didn't get into last week is that not only was he just talking to a people in general and saying all people who follow Christ, these things aren't supposed to be a part of our lives. We're supposed to cherish the incredible gift that God gives us, the incredible gift of intimacy. He gave it to us and he tells us how best that it will be lived out in our lives. But it's more than just that. You see, sexual intimacy had become so twisted and so turned around that it was now used to stir up false gods. It was now used to arouse a false god. It was now used to to try to get his attention or her attention. It was one of the ancient wonders of the world was the temple of Artemis and became known as the temple of Diana. And the whole point was that we would hire temple prostitutes. And we would go have sexual acts before the, the stone figures and temples to stir up a false god that would need me to be perverse and use something that God gave in a false way, in a wrong way, to try to stir him up to act on our behalf. And yet the story of God, the true living God, says you don't have to do anything to stir me up. I love you. I created you. I made you. I want to be with you, and I sacrificed my son on the altar that you could have a relationship with me, and I could have a relationship with you, and we'd be in total and complete intimacy. And then you would learn to enjoy what I gave you in the most amazing ways. And he unpacks that for us. And then he goes here, right after he said, and have nothing to do with those acts have nothing to do with that sinful life. He says this, starting in verse 8. For you were once 
darkness. Now look at that. Not in darkness. You were once darkness. But now you are light. Not in light. You are light. First you were away from Christ. Not united with Christ. You were distanced from God. And you weren't just living in darkness. You were the essence of darkness. You were darkness. Remember we talked about it from from Ephesians 1, that we were dead people. And Ephesians 1 and 2, that we were dead. We weren't alive. We were living in a perpetual state of darkness, separated from, the, from God and who he is and his desires for our life and his righteousness. We lived in the painful truth that we lived as dead men and women walking. And he said, you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. For the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes light. That is why it is said, wake up, sleep, or rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. We are to be imitators of God and live. And we're supposed to live in the light and light the way. We are to be light. It's so critical we understand that. We're to live in who Christ is for certain. We're supposed to live in the truth of who he is. We're supposed to live in the manner, the light-giving manner that he is. But we are light, and we are to light the way for others. For a believer to be an imitator of God, he must share and reflect God's light. Psalms 27, 1 says, God is our light and salvation. Isaiah 60, 19 says, he is an everlasting life, an everlasting light. His word is called a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. In Isaiah 49, it says, Christ will be called a light of the nations. And John 8, 12, Christ is called a light of the world. We are not to be in darkness any longer. We are not to walk in darkness. We are not to pursue darkness. We are to live as light. We've been united with Christ. We have Christ-likeness in us. We've been made righteous. We've been made holy. We've been justified. We are now Light. And we are supposed to bring that light into the world. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Because we now share Christ's own nature. Just as he is light of the world, we are to be a light of the world. And because we are in the Lord, we who were once children of darkness are now children of light. And we must live in the light. Remember that passage we just read? It says, for you were once darkness, but now you live in the light of the Lord. Live as children of the light. For the fruit of light. So in other words, now Paul's going to define for us, what's this going to look like? If you're living in the light, how do you know you're there? We always need a measuring stick, don't we? We need a tool to see. You're going to be imitators of Jesus. Okay, all right, I get that. Give me something a little bit more, Paul. And he's going, okay, great, let me tell you. If you're living as light in the world, if you're living as your, as your Father in heaven, if you're living imitating Christ, then let me tell you what that's going to look like. There's going to be fruit that comes from your life. Every single person has fruit that comes from your life. You produce something. 
I realize we don't live in much of an agricultural world anymore. We go to Safeway instead of going to a, an orchard. I understand that. But every tree, every, every living thing bears something. You bear it. Your life bears something. If you're evil, if you're outside of Christ, if you are not redeemed, if you are not in Him, then your life is going to produce evil. It's going to produce darkness. Now, don't get me wrong. Because there is light in the world, because God's truth is in the world, there'll be good things we do. There'll be nice things we do for other people. It'll happen. But the overwhelming fruit of our life, what is it that we stand for? Who is it that we are? What's the product of our life? It's going to be darkness because we will not be producing Christ. Christ will not be coming out of us and he is the light. Or we can produce light. We can produce that which is of Jesus Christ, of God, of righteousness, of holiness. We can produce that. That could be the fruit that people know us by. Because we've been saved, redeemed, brought into the family of God. Colossians 1.10 says this, A child of light produces fruit of the light and is called to increase that production. So he says, what is the fruit of living as light? First, it's going to be goodness. Goodness, how we treat others. This is living with such moral excellence that it finds its fullest expression in our willingness to sacrifice and do that which is best for others. Remember the beauty of our God and Jesus on the cross, sacrificing and doing that which is best for others, even at the sacrifice of his very own life? But we could back up before that and that he gave up heaven and the throne. He gave up eternity. He gave up walking daily, intimately, minute by minute, eternity by moment and eternity with the living God. Right? He separated himself from the Father in heaven for the first time in all eternity. Stepped here for us. For what? Out of goodness. Out of love. Out of mercy. Out of grace. He stepped into our existence that we would know him. That we would know how he is, how he lived, how he walked. That we would be able to do the same and have this incredibly abundant life. Remember what he said in John 10, 10? I gave, came to give life and life in abundance. The thief, darkness, came to steal, kill, and destroy. But Christ came to give us life. It's how we will do best for others. The goodness that we have. Giving God's best response to others, imitating Christ and helping and giving to others as Christ would have. Jesus said the world would know that we are his followers <clears throat> by the way that we love others. God's goodness, that is, how we would give his goodness to others, how we would act that love out. Love is always action, by the way. Love is not feeling and emotion. It can bring about feelings and emotion, make no mistake. But love is action. Love is movement. Love is pressing into somebody. Love is giving God, love is giving them the very best that God has given us. Love is serving them, is sacrificing for them. So what's the fruit of living as light? It's going to be goodness. What is goodness? It's how we are going to act towards others. And we're going to give them God's absolute best. Remember the song we sang just a little bit earlier ago? Uh, if you got that, Kevin, throw, try to throw that up there for me. The one about God's goodness. Right? It says the song said that God is good. Remember we kept singing it over and over again? God is good. 
God is good. We even make fun of our songs sometimes because we repeat some of the same words over and over again. It's only been 20 minutes, and I can't remember the words to save my life. So is it really that bad of a deal to sing the songs over and over again? I can't remember them. But we kept singing, God is good, God is good, right? But what else did we sing in there? Throw that up there for me, Kevin. We'll get there. He said this, he'll never let us down. He said, you are good, good. You're never going to let, never going to let me down. If we are good, wouldn't that be what is said about us? Wouldn't that be the fruit that comes from our lives? That the people we interact with, they're sure we're not going to let them down. They're sure that our love is going to be so consistent, so incredible, the goodness of our lives will not let them down because we will be faithful people. The next fruit of of living in the light is righteousness. And it says, but that righteousness has to do with how we live, right? It has to do with that that relationship to God. It has to do with our moral character. It has to do with our integrity. It has to do with holiness. Right? Goodness is how it responds to somebody else. Righteousness is how we're responding to God, how we're learning from God. And that's what happens on the inside. That's what happens, yes, on the outside. That's what happens when temptation approaches. That's what happens when God says sin is this and evil is this and darkness is this, but light is this. This is right, and we choose right. We choose right, and suddenly that righteous living is coming out. And it's standing in stark contrast to a world that rejects righteousness that rejects holiness, that rejects morality. It is being said today that we are living in a post-Christian society, that Christians have very little influence in our society now. I don't believe that's true, but that's what's being said. But it is certainly a post-Christian society. And it's also being said that now Christians are considered amoral as opposed to being moral. Because Christians would say, those who follow Christ, that there is a right way to live, that there's a holy way to live. There's a way that God said to live. There's a way that he lived that we're to imitate. And that's how we're supposed to do it. We should be known by our righteousness. We should be known by our standard. We should be known by our holiness. We should be known that we are a set apart people and we do live different. We make choices that are godly. That's what it means to have fruit that's lived in the light. Truth. He said there will also be truth. Truth has to do with honesty, reliability, trustworthiness, integrity. It's in contrast to the hypocritical, deceptive, and false ways of the old life of darkness. We are who we are all the time. All the time we're a follower of Christ. I will live it. I won't fake it. I won't lie about it. I won't be one way here and another way there. I'll be honest, truthful. For I do not fear the consequences of man or woman. I do not fear what can happen in this world. It means when I say something, I mean it. You can bank on it. It means when I commit to something, my word is sure and steadfast. There is no double talk in me or pleasing talk in me. So in other words, there's no, none of that sweet. Let's put some icing on the cake so you'll do what I want you to do. It's simply I am who I am. Now I'll treat you with gentleness, kindness, goodness. We'll definitely be those. The righteousness will come out. But what you see is the truth of what I am. What Jesus, what we saw in Jesus was the truth of what he spoke. It matched. Actions and words matched. So what is the fruit 
But what is the fruit of living in the light? Goodness, righteousness, and truth. We see that goodness pertains partly to, primarily to our relationship with others. Righteousness, primarily to our relationship with God. And truth, primarily to our personal integrity. In those three, three things, we see the fruit of living in the light. Goodness, righteousness, and truth. We have a measuring tool. Are we growing in that? Are we growing in our understanding of that? It says, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. We're not to have anything to do with the darkness. Our living in the light is to become so important to us. Living in the light, living, being the light of Christ is supposed to be so important to us because it is our Father and who we imitate and we have been saved for that purpose that we, we literally have nothing to do with the deeds of darkness. We have nothing to do with the life of darkness. We stay away from it. And Paul goes on to say, we don't even mention it. We don't joke about it. It's not a comedy for us. It's not something that we laugh and are whimsical about because it is killing people. The people are living in death of darkness. And so we, as light of the world, seek to expose that darkness, to illuminate it, to bring the light of Christ into their lives. So how could it be a joke? How could we take it lightly? And Paul's saying, have nothing to do with the darkness. Not nothing to do with people. Have nothing to do with the deeds of darkness. Don't dabble in it. Don't play in it. Don't open the door. Because it gets in. And suddenly we become consumed by this area of our life that is supposed to be absolutely submitted to Christ, that we're supposed to be living in light. And pretty soon that area of our life is just swimming in the darkness and in the evil of this world. That's not to be who we are. It's just not to be. John MacArthur put it this way. These unspecified deeds of darkness are typified by the specific sins he has already mentioned in chapters 4 and 5. Lust, deceit, falsehood, stealing, unwholesome speech, bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander, malice, immorality, impurity, greed, filthiness, silly talk, coarse joking, covetedness, and idolatry. Those and every other kind and degree of sin are to be avoided by the believer, not dabbled in, not just a little bit here and a little bit there, and they're supposed to be avoided by the follower of Christ. Because they bring no benefit to the man or woman and bring no benefit to the glory of God. In 1 Corinthians 10.32, so whatever you eat, drink, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. When I dabble in darkness, it brings no glory to God. It, it points no reflection unto the Savior. Colossians 3.17 says, And whatever you do, whether word or indeed, do it all in the name of Jesus Christ. Which means with the very same character. And we go back to things we used to say maybe when we were children. They were good. That's why we teach our children to say it. Would Jesus do this? Right? Remember that expression? What would Jesus do? Would Jesus do this? Would he be responding this way? Would he act this way? Would he be stepping into this darkness? And the answer is no. He stepped into people's lives that were in the midst of darkness. He loved people who were in the midst of darkness. But he did not dabble in the deeds, nor make light of it. Matter of fact, it was so important to him that he came to live amongst us in the midst of the darkness to bring light. 
But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. When those around us see us helping rather than exploiting, they hear us talking with purity instead of profanity, and they observe us speaking truthfully rather than deceitfully, our example will expose the selfishness, unwholesome talk, and falsehood. Simply refusing to participate in a dishonest business or social practice will sometimes be such a strong rebuke that it costs us our job or friendship just not participating in something because light comes in, it exposes the darkness, and then people will have the choice. The cockroach or the moth? What happens when the light? You have a bunch of darkness, a bunch of cockroaches running out. They're running all around. The light goes on. Boom, they're gone. Woo, I'm out. People have that choice. You live in the light. You live righteously. You live holy. People might scatter. But guess what? There's moths out there too. And what happens there? The light comes on and they get attracted. And they come, they come fluttering as fast as they can. And you're and they you can't stop them from coming. When you live in the light, you will attract. Some will disappear and go deeper into the darkness. But so many will come fluttering to the Lord because of your example of light, of righteousness, of truth, of goodness. As you declare the word that is planted in you, they will know why it is that you are good and righteous and true. And finally this. I just want to share this before we leave. It is time that we live like it matters. Think about when you're in the darkness. The light doesn't suddenly go on, does it? It doesn't sort of go on. It doesn't. The light goes on. It matters. I have to get rid of the darkness. That's what the light's only job is. The flashlight goes and it causes the darkness to, boom, it goes. And it goes quickly. And it goes as far as it can possibly go. It matters. And it's time that we live like it matters. Children of the light, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but wise, making the most of every opportunity. Because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be, be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. We have to live like it matters, and every day it absolutely positively matters. And we have to be seeking God. What platform have you given me today? What opportunity have you given me today, Lord? I want to run into people's lives. I'm going to be that light into the world because it matters. It matters how I live. It matters what I do. We are not guaranteed another day. I'm not guaranteed another day for the platform and the influence I have. And the people that I have an influence with, they're not guaranteed another day. It can be here today and gone tomorrow. D.L. Moody used to do uh, uh, crusades all over the place. And he was in Chicago doing this massive crusade and people were all gathered. But it was getting late and he got to the point of the gospel, told everybody how it is that they would, they would how, who Jesus was and the life that they could simply have with him. And he said, what I want you to do is I want you to go and contemplate your life and I want you to contemplate what we've talked about. Come back tomorrow night because I want to tell you how to have this life in Jesus Christ. And that night, Chicago burnt down in the great Chicago fire. Deal Moody said, never again. Never again will I live like it doesn't matter. Never again will I live as if my words don't matter. It's time, children of light. It goes on. 
and we live and we have one purpose to illuminate the darkness. And today matters. And we must search the will of God. And how do we find the will of God? We find it in his word. How do we know how to live this good life, this righteous life, this truthful life? How do we know how to imitate Christ? We find it in the word. So we have to dive deep into the word every day. So many of you have been doing the 365 plan where we took them back out. Some of you said, oh, you know, I got tied up. That's great. Go right back to it. No, it's okay. The word of God is there. <laughs> All you got to do is open it back up and go. That's okay. Just start back up and get back in the word. For others of you, you're like, man, that's just daunting. I don't want to do that. No problem. How about, how about 90 days through the Gospels? We got them right out there. We'll take you through the Gospels. The words of Jesus Christ, 90 days. That'll take you 30 days past Christmas. How about reading the Gospels right up through Christmas? What will that do for your walk with Christ and knowing the will of God and helping you to walk as light? What about, what about this? What about for 30 days reading the, the Gospel of Matthew? For 30 days reading Matthew, it brings us into Christmas. And then in December, we have a, a book for you that will take you all the way up to Christmas that you can read every day, and it's Scripture. It's unpacking Scripture in your life, Scripture in your life. And we're going to have so many of these books you can give to somebody else. You can ask somebody else to join you. You can ask somebody else to see the light of the world and to join you because it matters. It matters how we live. It matters who God has given you in relationship. It matters the platform and the influence you have. It matters. And that last verse said, know what the Lord's will is. That's how we imitate Christ. I hope you'll stop at a table and get one of the plans. I hope you'll pick tomorrow to start reading every day. I hope you'll say, there's not a better place I can be to make today count but in the word of God. And you'll begin living it out. Father, we love you. Thank you for who you are and the way you love us. Thank you that you've called us into the light, not left us in the darkness. We thank you for all you do and the way you do it in our lives, Lord. You are a great and merciful God. Thank you, Father. We love you. We praise you. We thank you for who you are. And God, thank you for not leaving us not knowing what to do, but the exact opposite. You gave us the example of your son, taught us how to be light, and then continue to teach us as the Holy Spirit is with us. We love you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.